The language in this podcast may not be suitable for some scrubs. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. everyone what's up Meridon here thank you for listening to the over nerds podcast episode 66 three away from 69 i'm hyped and i know my co-host is hyped brock what's up we are so close to being nice <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <sighs> but what a day. I, it is it is uh it has been a day i am an absolute awe of the size of the news today yeah. And, I, and I really can't wait to get into it. So oh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you quickly give us a rundown for today's episode, and we can get into the good stuff. Yeah. So spoiler alert: this was uh, this this episode was recorded on Wednesday, May sixth. Um, we were going to record yesterday, but decided to push it back. And uh, after we saw this news today, uh, we were uh, very fortunate that we decided to push it back because that would suck to release an episode with this bombshell that was dropped today, and kind of something we saw coming. Um, but we're going to get into that, uh, actually first, um, that is the, uh, the Vancouver Titans news that they actually released the rest of their roster. Um, then we'll go over last week's games. Uh, we had some echo play, which was, was really fun to watch. Uh, we have next week's games, which we have a, we have a good bit. I feel like there's more than usual. It looks like there's three Chinese games and three NA games, which is like an extra game pretty much each day. Uh, probably to fit those uh, those games in to get those points running for that tournament uh, later this month. Um, and then overthoughts, uh, we do have a little bit of some news about the hero pools. This was announced, I think, towards the very end of last week, or maybe it was like over the weekend. Um, this was, you know, a few days, but figure we go over it anyway. And then uh, Brock will bring you out. But first, Brock, the Vancouver Titans cut the cord. They said, you know what? Everybody, you're you're cool. Get out. <laughs> Mutually parted ways and released Fisher, according to Liquipedia. Poor Fisher. Yep. Uh, so, real quick, what it makes it sound like is the majority of the runaway section of the roster if they say they mutually parted ways this is kind of more rumory stuff but it could make a difference uh if you mutually part ways then the contract is terminated and so vancouver doesn't need to pay out the rest of the contract so in theory those players aren't getting paid Mm -hmm. whereas if they released somebody they do pay throughout that contract so fissure would keep getting his money oh, okay and i don't know if that was just because fissure's clauses in his contract says like look i'm just gonna call it the fissure clause if i leave halfway through the season i'm getting the money still <laughs> he uh, wants to otherwise... make sure he's good to go when he just pieces <laughs> out but this time it was kind of like unintentional peace out he was like wait no not like this yeah <laughs> not like this so yeah runaway is now scattered across free agency 
yeah. in one of the most surprising moves of 2020. Yeah. Yep. The, today, the the people that they dropped today were uh, Haxel, Sumensu, Stitch, Slime, Twilight, Fisher, and Jayhong. And they also uh, released some uh, some coaches that I don't have on hand um, right this second, but they released two people um, in their front office as well. So um, this started this started uh, last week when they dropped Janu, and they also dropped their coach, and that was um, Pajon. There we go. I was drawing a blank. I had to pull up last week's. Um, notes to remember his name but yeah hell of a bombshell today but i can't really see these people that were dropped um i can't see them not getting picked up by a team and it was also yang one and adante their uh, two coaches that were dropped today but like i can't see like haxel just kind of chilling in free agency for too long. Same thing with Suminsu. Like, this entire roster, like, there's no way they don't get picked up. I'd be shocked. Because everyone on this roster was super strong, in my opinion. Especially someone like Haxel. He's, like, the number one. If he doesn't get picked up, my mind would be blown. <laughs> Honestly, I would kind of go the other way. I think either Twilight and Slime are going to get picked up first. Mm-hmm. Mostly as a duo, I really think that, uh, especially for as supports go, Keeping the duo together that is extremely strong is like one of the best benefits of like having you know like the the runaway duo as your support line. They know what they're gonna do. They know each other's tendencies and they know kind of their uh, communication and how each other like when they need help they're able to really you know appeal for one another. Mm-hmm. You don't really get that a lot of time with two support players that don't really play together or rather like they haven't really played together until they're on this team. Mm-hmm. So. That being said, the biggest travesty of this entirety of the situation is the fact that now Runaway is not going to stay as Runaway. The The six players that have been playing together are now gone. And I know that happened with Bumper leaving, and uh, we saw a little bit last year when, it kind of, when uh, Bumper got benched for Tizzy, but now they're just not even on the same team. And it's yeah. really sad, considering how good they were last year, how good they looked in the first two weeks of the season. They looked really dominant. They looked like, all right, it's still Vancouver. It's still the second best, if not the best team in the league, uh, aside from the Shock. And now it's all rubble. It's now ashes. And in that ashes, we get to see uh, parts of the contenders team second wind come through. So, reported by ESPN Esports, uh, the Vancouver Titans are going to sign the majority of Second Wind, uh, and you say the majority because three of them are three of the players on the starting roster at least are under eighteen. So, speedily, I believe it's iced, and then a third who I'm really blanking on. I should really know this one because I just looked it up. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the last one is Ultraviolet. And they are all under 18, so they cannot join Owl. So they'll be kind of the new core for Second Wind, assuming they stay on that team. But man, like, it's even crazier because earlier in the week, there was the rumors that it was going to be Third Impact that was being signed at the Vancouver Titans. And then some people were saying, oh, it's going to be Team Doge going to be signed. And that doesn't really work out because half the Team Doge is under 18. (laughs) 
but most of third impact was over 18. So people were thinking, yeah, this this team, they have one week uh, two of contenders. Th- this team is kind of owl ready, right? Nope. That was a big, big bust. Uh, Halo of Thoughts reported that they did indeed sign third impact. Uh, Teo, the, the DPS of third impact, said, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get signed. Uh, most of the other impact that third impact players started saying that as well. They're like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. This is just incorrect reporting. Mm-hmm. And I saw some other uh, owl people affiliated uh, also saying things like, wow, sources, nothing is ever right. Like people are kind of stunking on Halo, Halo of Thoughts. And he ended up being wrong. Mm-hmm. So we learned a lot. It was It was a very busy week so far. And man, I I still can't really process like the entirety of this because it's so much, so fast. Everything happens so much, yeah. so often. And I I'm I'm curious to see if this team on a week of practice, most likely, like of scrimming Overwatch teams. I mean, I should back up a bit because any contenders does t- typically scrim some owl teams especially if the owl teams are a little weaker like boston i know sometimes bought like unfortunate example is boston will sometimes not get scrims with even middle of the pack teams so they have to go they only scrim against like the justice toronto then like their own academy team or like other na contender teams that have scrim blocks open so this second win team is most likely been scrimming some owl teams now, but it's not. I don't know. It's 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 so wonky to me, considering now they're not playing on stage, but they're playing on land or they're playing online. But we have no idea what to expect from this team. Yeah, and and they haven't even made it a. They haven't even made a uh, an official announcement yet on their um on who the heck they're signing. So, um, usually VSPN esports usually reports on it then typically it usually happens um espn's typically a pretty credible source but they haven't even like released anything other than the fact that they were dropping they didn't release any new signings or anything yet. and they have two games coming up this weekend that we're going to get into in a little bit one against a team they probably scrimmed and another team that's been on fire that's been taking care of your boys lately um if they sign a team like second wind um i, I would be curious how they fend against like uh nyxl or the fusion or the shanghai dragons or basically anybody in the top 10 the atlanta rain um the the way that the dallas fuel have been playing the shock like i I can't see a a contenders team of players that pretty much have only been playing in contenders and like you said maybe here or there scrimming low tier Al teams, I can't see them having any sort of luck hanging with the big players in the league. I can't really honestly see them contending against even the lower teams in the league. Actually, they play one of them coming up, and I have that other team went beating the Titans. So, <laughs> More so because I'm unsure what the hell is going on. <laughs> it's crazy. 
I don't even think crazy encompasses how wild this entire thing is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this, like the team, the Vancouver Titans, as a unit, as an org, came in second place overall. They lost, They came in second in the grand finals. They went whatever they did. Like, I for was it like twenty eight and three or something? Like, mm-hmm. they were. Um, they currently hold the according to Liquipedia, they currently hold the record for the longest regular season match win streak in the in history. Winning 19 matches in a row. And that team couldn't figure it out in the back office. The back office couldn't, like, just say, you know what, you're right. Let's, like, let's relax, like, let's figure this out and make sure our players are happy and they're safe and every everything's A-OK. Yeah, this, at 25-3 and three was their final record. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's... And it's such a kick in the shins to a lot of the fans, too, because they're just all left in the dark. They didn't know what was going on, you know? People only figured this out just this past week, or, like, in the past couple weeks where the murmuring started happening, the rumors started circulating that that the whole team got dropped, and here we are, and the, the league is shook. Yeah, it sounds like it was mainly something to do with the way they're managing the teams, too. And it had to really suck for those players to, and the players can't really do anything about you know COVID nineteen. It's not like they can just like magically make it disappear. But the Vancouver Titans were playing, and they had all this time off, and then they're like, okay, we're going to move the team to Korea so these players can be safe and, and at home. And then they're like, hey, surprise, we're moving back to NA. And I, I just feel that. Like there, there's there has to be some sort of mismanagement. There has to be something obviously internal happening because it, it, it's it's just kind of to have a, a fallout like this and to drop your whole team. Like what what happened? Something something happened. Maybe whatever happened will come out. I don't know. I kind of hope it does because I I'm curious to see what would have to cause a team to drop their entire roster. Um. But I guess we'll have to wait to see. We'll have to wait to see what the heck happened, and we'll have to wait to see who they're going to sign. I mean, I I can't – like, I, I would think that they would make the announcement. I mean, it's 8-17 Eastern right now. I would assume probably tomorrow or Friday. I mean, they have to have some sort of roster before this weekend's games unless they want to forfeit them, which we haven't heard anything from the league on that, so – Expect a roster reveal soon for uh, this new look Titans. I would I would put a lot of money on tomorrow, so it'd be Thursday, mm-hmm. May seventh, at around noon or three p.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. to be like nine o'clock eight nine a.m. Western or noon Western, mm-hmm. or I guess that's Pacific time. That's Something I don't know like, what yeah. Western means. Pacific, <laughs> <laughs> like West Coast time. That's, West Coast. What's that? Ah, worst coast. That's what I that's worst what we call coast. it here. Worst. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, so expect that tomorrow most likely. Because otherwise, on Friday, like, if it's going to be Friday afternoon, and like that, is, to me, sounds like a mistake. Yeah. And, and this will be the last thing I, I think we should talk about because we have a, a bunch of stuff else to discuss. But if the Vancouver PR team decides to wait till the very last moment to release to the team roster, what kind of bonehead play is that <laughs> from a PR move? Right, like, yeah, you have just dropped probably eight of the most, you know, well liked players, or at least, like, 
let's say a, a team that people really attach to when realistically there's not a lot of um, promotion of like players in Owl, mm-hmm. right? And, and so people know this one team. They know run away. They love them. People have been tracking their success for so long, and then all of a sudden they're just dropped for what, what seems to be less than ideal reasons. Mm-hmm. And now you're not giving your team a chance to rebrand, like a more like if you put it on Friday, right? You're, say you uh, you announce the roster on Friday, right? So now you have your t- new say eight players because we'll do six and then a couple of subs because Owl needs seven minimum or something like that, eight minimum. How do you like? I don't know, it, like hyping up that roster out of like less than like twenty four hours till your next game, like that to me is seems like a a poor move. But yeah, yeah, I would I'm, I would assume they'd probably do it tomorrow. I am simply just an a- analyst, an analyst, an analyst. Oh my god, my brain is just turned off from being so. <laughs> From all the emotional and information lo- overload right now, oh boy. It's also all been right. like almost two months of quarantine. <laughs> this is also true. And uh, I did say this to my fiance earlier. I was like, man, every time I focus, my head just gets a headache. My brain just says, no. <laughs> no, we are not. We are not doing work. We're only going to do podcasting, Valorant, and writing. That's what we're going to do. Uh, okay, brain. Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> you keep doing you, bro. <laughs> God, but we're gonna need to shape up soon enough. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a shock when we get back to things. Anyway, moving on. So we spent we spent a lot of time. I mean, that was a juicy topic. Um, we we could that, honestly do a whole podcast on it. Yeah. I think that's how big that thing is. But we do have to get to the meat and potatoes, and that is indeed the owl teams that are existing right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of a, a shocker here to start off the uh, last week's games, the Guangzhou Charge uh, three overwatched the Seoul Dynasty. What? Yo, no one knows anymore. <laughs> we say it every week. Yep. There's nothing else we can do at this point. There's no amount of uh, pointing at numbers. Breaking it down, watching team fights, doing VOD reviews, right? You could do all of this effort into trying to figure out who the like the best teams in China are, mm. or at least in in this region. No one knows. It's Shanghai. Then the five teams that are just who knows that just do anything. Yeah, it's like I will say in this matchup, it makes a little bit of sense. Nero was really really good on Echo. Um, it kind of looked like Seoul wasn't really ready for it, or or at least like. Profits Echo wasn't as good, so I guess, but I don't know. I know Fitz was on Sombra for a little bit. I think Eileen was also on Sombra, which is just a fight you don't want to take when Eileen is strictly better than Fitz on Sombra. Mm-hmm. But Fitz, Fitz doesn't have much else to play other than Ash. He's a pretty good. Hit, he's like really just a really good hit stand player. So I, I I'm not. I I'm extremely surprised at the three zero. But I'm not surprised looking back at it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Seoul might be starting to jo- jump into that uh, that that pool of the three newer Chinese teams, how they just go back and forth and beat each other every other week. I mean, if I heard myself say this a few weeks back, I'd think I was on drugs. Because they had Seoul Dynasty first in the league, and then they just got raffle stomped by Shanghai. So I dropped them down a peg. 
and and it's like now it's like ooh they're they're just they're just not looking great um so you have 30 uh charge over the dynasty uh the next game was a hell of a game the NYXL and the Shanghai Dragons uh Shanghai Dragons end up winning 3 to 2 i know the NYXL was up 2 to 1 <laughs> yep um what about this, this this was this was Shanghai saying all right ding we need you to play Echo instead of Farah for a little bit. He's like, "Are you sure? I'm really gonna Farah." And they're like, "Well, no, we we know we, we you should play, you should play Echo." So we struggled for the first two maps, and New York went up 2-0. And then Shanghai said, "All right, we're ready. You ready to start trying again, Ding?" He was like, "Sounds good." And he started popping off in the second half to <laughs> reverse sweep this NYXL team. Yeah. Those teams right there are the, are the two best teams in their in that region right now. It's weird to say that NYXL are the best one of the best teams in the Asian region, but <laughs> you'd be like that. Yeah, it is what it is. Twenty twenty. Yeah, it's twenty twenty throwing another curveball. <laughs> um, the first game of the uh, NA games was the Dallas Fuel three owing the Washington Justice. This honestly didn't surprise me. Um, the way the Justice have been playing. And the way the fuel have been playing, what the fuel have been looking really hot. Um, Decay and Crimzo always look fucking, they always look sharp, um, and the Washington Justice just keep falling flat. <laughs> yeah, this was just simply <coughs> Dallas just outperforming mm-hmm. the Justice completely. Dallas was playing die for a lot of this, so which was really really good for the tank line. Gamsu note, mm-hmm. they got to play their their old mainstay. This is the the comp that they played when they went to ten o with Boston. Mm-hmm. So. Their dives were really clean because they had played with each other. Now this is for their second season together, and they kind of know each other's tendencies. So they just said, all right, Decay, you do your thing. You flank. Me and Gamsu will jump on somebody. And uh, Doha, I don't know, dude, just, like, beat Kill Tuba. Yeah, like, just beat <laughs> Tuba in, in the in the Echo 1v1. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I, I've said it every week. They've been doing good. It it's nice to see the field playing well. Uh, the next game was the Valiant versus the Rain. The Valiant taking it three games to two against the Rain. That was a little unexpected. This one was extremely unexpected, but man, was it a great game. This was a really, really good match to watch. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend going back and just checking this one out. It was just down to the wire, nail-biter. Like a, like a really good game to uh, really <laughs> even out uh, the... Uh, eastern side of Saturday yeah. as the other two games ended up being three overwatch. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of three overwatch going on lately. Last weekend was uh, was like this as well. So with these three two games, it kind of breaks the monotony, especially uh, an upset like that. Not like that's a – I still put the Valiant, you know, near top ten. I think I had them in 11 in my game house power rankings last week. I have them always hovering around basically middle of the pack um, against an Atlanta Rain team that, I mean, most people have, you know, I have them, I think, fifth or sixth. Most of the time they're in, like, top five. Um, so that was a, a little bit of an upset there. Nice to see. Yeah. The, the it's also great like. to see uh, Shax make his debut Yes. Yeah. on the Tracer, mm-hmm. and he was a nut. <laughs> he was insane. Yeah. Uh, if you, Like I said, if you haven't seen this match, go back, watch it. Mm-hmm. He was popping. We saw apply. We 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 saw apply play echo for the first couple maps, yeah. 
And that was a big question mark. We're like, what is going on here? Where, where's KSF? He should be a really good projectile player. Apparently, Valen said, nah, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then uh, and Shax and uh, KSP, KSP on the Ash, uh, just kind of took it out from there. Yeah. So you never know with this Valiant team. I love it. This happened, um, I don't know if it happened anymore, I wasn't paying too much attention, but it happened with the Fusion game, and we'll go over that in a little bit, with seeing some um, seeing some faces that we haven't seen in a little while jump in and, and play, and it was nice to see, nice to see them dominate as well. Uh, San Francisco Shock took on the Outlaws next uh, 3-0, 3-0 Overwatch, it's not really surprising i mean houston has actually been playing a lot better than they have in the beginning of the season but the shock have been back into the form that the shock were in last year yeah san fran does not miss sinatra no they just reload or what was it we don't rebuild we reload yeah yeah they they just had a second whole gun they didn't even need to reload yeah it's like all right we, we're dual wielding don't they, worry about they it really like didn't even play sinatra for like at least recently which was shocking me. Get it? Um, it? So, yeah. I mean, like, with him going over to Valance, they're like, ah, whatever. Dirt off, dirt off our shoulders and move on. <laughs> yeah, not an issue. Not an we issue. have Rascal, who has been grinding Echo yes. the moment they entered the competitive queue. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, so, Sunday started off with the Soul Dynasty getting 3-0'd again. <laughs> But this time to the spark. <laughs> I think what? if you, so, if you weren't listening to the actual cast for this game, ZP said something really mean, and I think <laughs> it, or it might have been it might have been during the charge game, but it was along the lines of if you were to cover the players' names and you didn't know the team colors, I if I told you this was the Boston Uprising playing, you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, ZP absolutely kicked the shins out of Soul. <laughs> that, that is a, a Soul breaker. Yeah. But he's he's got a point. The team looked really, really bad. Yeah. Which is something is going on with the coaching. This this more than, honestly, I think Boston. Like, this is more of a coaching issue. Mm-hmm. Like, the Soul Dynasty has the players, and the point of, like, this new super team yeah. they have was to be a super team. They have the Spitfire, plus a little bit more. <laughs> And it's almost unacceptable at this point yeah. to have a team like this or to perform like this, especially against teams that are much weaker, like the Hangzhou Spark. Yeah. But to get 3-0 like this? Yikers, man. Yeah. Yeah, this really blew my mind when I saw the, the, the 3-0 against the Charge and the 3-0 against the Spark. I'm like, these were two games that I would have soul-locked 3-0 easy. It's a GG easy for the for the Soul Dynasty, and they just got rocked this weekend. And with that roster, like it, it's it's one of those things where like it's hard. It's going to be hard for me to put them lower in the power rankings because they have so much skill there. It's just they're not really performing. They're at least they didn't perform this weekend, so they're going to have to redeem themselves again. They have uh, they have one game coming up next weekend. It's going to be a tough one. So they have to pull their heads out of the sand and. Uh, <laughs> get back into that grind because the way they were looking this weekend they're not going anywhere um the next game was my second boys the Chengdu hunters uh getting beat again by the nyxl at least it wasn't a three overwatch though they did take a map um 
which was uh, nice to see, but uh, not really a surprise here. The Hunters are just kind of, again, in that, that bunch of Chinese teams that are in, and now the Soul Dynasty that you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I did not catch this game. I just assumed a 3-1 meant, oh, Shangdu just cheats New York for a map. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then New York just said, whatever, dude, don't worry about it. Yeah. It happens. It's like, we'll start playing now. <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, they, they just can adjust to Chengdu's shenanigans. It, basically, that's the Achilles heel of Chengdu. They usually throw something weird and nutty out, and either one of two things happen. They beat the living hell out of them, the Chengdu hunters do, or the hunters get figured out, and they'll steal a game maybe. Or the team that they're playing against is like, okay, we get it. This is really stupid. This is what we're going to run and just raffle stomps the Hunters. It never seems like... Uh, the only time the Hunters have close games is when they play the other Chinese teams that are both kind of on this weird level, which I don't even freaking know. It feels weird to say that, but like, if you're analyzing this division, it's just it's hard to put your finger on anything because anything can happen. It's like so weird. It's so um odd like this I, I rarely think that this happens in traditional sports it's kind of hard to like usually you have like your dominant teams your middle of the pack teams and your weaker teams but usually they're kind of in their own like usually there's not as much fluctuation with the skill and and the consistency i feel like in other like traditional sports compared to at least Overwatch League. I don't know if this happens in, in uh, like the Call of Duty League or the League of Legends of these teams like being so inconsistent, being on on one week and completely off the next. It's just bizarre. Yeah, we see that a little bit of League, especially in the NALCS. Yeah. Mostly because some teams try out champs that they weren't really supposed to play. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really happen in out. There's not enough heroes to pick to be like, oh, let me just randomly try, you know, for our League of Legends players, let's, let me just try Soraka top real quick, and let me see how this works in professional play. Mm-hmm. And so, lo and and behold, it gets absolutely stomped, right? Or they stomp someone else, and that's very much what we see with the Chinese Overwatch teams. Mm-hmm. But you don't really get that with Overwatch, you know? There's never really like, oh, let me just try, like, Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. No, we know the 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 team that's really good at pharmacy. It's Chengdu. Mm-hmm. There, there's really no like hiding that, right? Yeah. So, how do we how do we rank these teams? You don't. You really don't. <laughs> you just throw them in the middle and just <laughs> all right. <laughs> it, it's just it's just so utterly. Uh, it's just like uncharted territory, because like you said, I was trying to think of some traditional sport that you see this baseball kind of depending on who's pitching that day. Yeah. You know, like like a, like a top tier team can lose to a bottom tier team. Whatever it happens. Also, baseball, you're a you're a very strong player if you get three out of ten hits. So like, <laughs> baseball is weird like that already. So, mm-hmm. but like for American football. You don't really get this, so the long tangent made short. This is just something we really can't 
break down with the exception of, oh, these teams have some really good players, but then they have some, like, hard-inting players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just that week is who can outperform the other, mm-hmm. the good player or the inter. So yeah, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. Sometimes be like that. Uh, okay, it's getting the NA games. My boys, Philadelphia Fusion, uh, they beat the Paris Eternal three to two. Um, every damn game against the freaking Paris Eternal, it goes three to two and gives me a heart attack. <laughs> this game they went up two zero. In decisive fashion, I'm like, if this isn't a three zero, I'm going. It's going to. It's going to game five, and that's exactly what happened. Um, during my preview of this week, I was like, get ready to see Carpe jump on that Tobjorn. He's gonna jump on that Tobjorn and make sure to take care of soon because Tracer's available and Carpe um, got arrested this week. He did not play at all. It was um, EQO. <laughs> Uh, on the on the echo looking phenomenal um and uh and hisu were, were the two main um the main guys in there i think ivy jumped in for the last game um but it was nice to see eqo and hisu in there um looking great boombox played a lot as well um and then funny astro jumped in that nepal in the last game uh to kind of take that now that nepal looked decisive um and that was definitely nice to see um paris is still looking pretty good like there's no way that they're i don't see them as a top five team but they're definitely in the top 10 still in my opinion especially if they can hang with a team like the fusion and i'm not saying that because they're my team the fusion are just really good and this week they kind of flexed their depth too poco didn't play so poco and carpe both got a rest fury was in and we got to see a whole bunch of stuff, and it was uh, it was fun. An absolute embarrassment of riches over on the Philadelphia side. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paris is playing th- their new signing fielder. Yeah. Literally with announced the night before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> St- starts in on two hundred ping and pops oh and God, yeah. and helps his team come back from two zero to bring it to two two. Yeah. This Paris team, man. When you look at what they're what they could be on land with everybody being eighteen, yeah, they're they have the shot to win it all most likely next year when when we're back onto land because Sparkle has yet to even join the team. Yeah. Eggsy is uh, just injured, so then you have Eggsy Sparkle Fielder who apparently is an absolute nutcase. Yeah. I I personally didn't see him play. For uh, GC Busan, um, I believe it was it was really just him and Edison were like the two best players on that team, mm-hmm. and Edison was just signed way earlier. Mm-hmm. Edison is also a beast. And then you, you, then you got Hanbin on the off tank. I don't know who's actually gonna play starting tank. I guess it depends on the meta. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna say No Smite for the time. Mm-hmm. So you got No Smite, Hanbin, Sparkle, Eggsy. Uh, FD, FD guy because he's an he is an he's nutty a monster, <laughs> yeah. and then and then Fielder who's apparently a legend. So this team, all of a sudden, people were worrying if this they were gonna even exist until you know I think uh, Sparkle turns eighteen later this month. Mm-hmm. I don't think people were even expecting this team to win a couple of games, let alone be in the conversation for a top ten. What and what an absolute turnaround from the coaching staff from from. Uh, 
Rush in 9K. Mm -hmm. And I really am excited to see what this team can do in a little bit, you know, just see once they're not playing Philly for the fifth time this season. Yeah, they're they're gonna be scary. They're gonna be definitely gonna be scary as time goes on. They're they're the new age San Francisco Shock. The San Francisco Shock were kind of like pretty weak in the beginning of the first season until like Sinatra and Super became of a uh, came of age, and then they started picking it up and couldn't get it fully done. And then obviously last season they fucking took they they took the uh, the finals. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like the Paris Eternal are gonna be the the new age San Francisco Shock. I think I'm rubbing off on you a little bit. Uh, my potty mouth. Yeah. You're dropping a couple F-bombs this episode. I know. Oh. I'm, getting, I'm getting excited. <laughs> it's it's we're, we're in the thick of things, and I'm getting excited with with with, with uh, Al. Um, and and, and maybe Wow. Have you been playing? I have actually have been playing. playing Wow, yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, you, we can skip this one. <laughs> you, you boys... <laughs> Florida Mayhem uh, against the Uprising. Um, Mayhem took that 3-0. Um, I mean, the Uprising every week, I feel like there's some improvements made every week. But it's never at the same time, and that is the yeah. biggest issue. Yeah. So, in my... So, I, in the past, like, four previews that I've written for the Uprising, mm-hmm. I've said, please, just get Color Hex off of May. Because he's just a horrific May. Mm-hmm. And it, for Owl standards right mm-hmm. so get him off a really poor character get him on something more comfortable like the farah like genji like echo it's something that he clearly prefers to play mm-hmm. and it's way more comfort pick mm-hmm. and we'll see results so echo comes out obviously checks is gonna grab the echo we put jerry who i thought was gonna play the ash because that was kind of what the flavor was a little bit mm-hmm. Nope, we played him on Tracer, and he was really, really good. Yeah. He, he looked very promising on the Tracer. He had a couple moments of uh, a little hard inting, but that's kind of just Jerry's play style at the time. I, I think he tries to, you know, 1v6 a little bit too much because he feels like he has to carry these team fights. <laughs> but Which he usually has to. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go... I don't want to go too down much down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, there was a lot Boston did improve on. They... Their attacks were way more aggressive, for the most part. I mean, they're the the ones last week. No, like they were just waiting for ice to melt, mm-hmm. or like paint dry. You know, paint dry is probably a better one. They just didn't hit the W key at all. Mm-hmm. This week they played dive. They had to press the W key. They looked pretty okay on attack. They actually completed a couple maps. They didn't just get completely stalled out. So a big W for the boys in blue. But uh, then the negatives happen again, where it's, the defenses were just non-existent. Fusions on Winston looked really, really bad at points. Uh, I don't think Russin is super caref- uh, comfortable on D.Va. I know he's able to play D.Va, but he didn't really do anything helpful. There wasn't really a, any alts negated. There was, I think there was just the one. I think he ate uh, a Death Blossom towards the end of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That was about it. I really feel like their 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 tank line is their Achilles heel. Yeah, if they it's had, just if they had tanks like Fisher, um, <laughs> he's available. Oh, I mean Fisher and Johnny were available. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like their tank line is is the reason why they're not that good. Just because you have Jerry, 
Color Hex is, uh, seems like he's a little shaky sometimes, but he has like those those moments where he's really, really good. I feel like Myeongbong and, um, and Halo, they haven't honestly done anything like that I've seen flashy, but they get the job done. I don't know. So I will say this about Myeongbong. He is silently trying to carry this team as hard as he can. Mm-hmm. I just smacked my glass with my pen because I'm doing hand motions because apparently that's important on a podcast. <laughs> I'm not Italian. You're not <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a little Italian. Yeah, we'll oh, thank you. We take those. <laughs> um, yeah. So Myungbong, you can see him just kill Yaki a couple times by himself mm-hmm. because his aim's insane. He had a huge pair of bi- uh, bio nades on Hanamura defense that stopped the push, but unfortunately, like, Florida still capped like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so there is a lot going on with Myungbon. It's just, I have yet to really see Halo be comfortable yet, mm-hmm. and I have no idea that's because he's stuck on brig duty or the way the comps are working, maybe he's more of an aggressive player and they're playing too passive for him, or maybe it's the other way around, he's a little more cerebral, a little more wait and see, Mm -hmm. and so they're trying to play around that and it's just not working. There's so much going on with Boston that it's really hard to nail what the issue is. And it's kind of, at least in my opinion, it's a little lazy to say it's just all coaching because the talent isn't exactly there, but it's kind of there. It's odd, because Jerry can be really good at times if he wants to be, or if he just misses everything. <laughs> Chex is, honestly, people, at this point, I've talked to a bunch of people now that believe that Colex is a legitimately great player, and I agree as well. I think it's, he's actually a talented Overwatch player. It's unfortunate that he's kind of locked into these positions of playing something he's not really good at, like Nazario or May. When he plays Widow, he looks insane. So, once he gets kind of his more reasonable picks, he looks really good. And then Myungbon, super good. Picked him up very quickly. Halo, apparently, is highly touted. Uh, apparently, he is kind of like a mini moth, apparently. Um, I don't know if I have said this on the pod yet. People liked scrimming with him because he plays a lot, He makes a lot of great plays in scrims. Uh, we, we haven't really seen that totally correlate into... Uh, you know, success on the owl stage, but then the tank, the tank line is just kind of just really met, and, and unfortunately, an owl. If that happens, the rest of you crumbles. You know. Yep. So that was the fusion last year. They didn't have a good main tank, and they just I don't know. They just couldn't get it done. It was probably also goats, but I blame goats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let let's touch on this last game, uh, the LA Gladiators and the Defiant. Defiant took map one like pretty easily i felt and i was like they did oh <laughs> and then they lost three to one <laughs> and then it wasn't close. and then it was back to the toronto defiant we all know <laughs> i i don't know what else to say yeah. that glass is just really really good yeah you know they just outperformed the defiant after that first map and that's mostly i would imagine that's certainly because Toronto, I feel like, has a really good control setup. Yeah. And a really good, like, roster for control maps. But that's about it. And I think that that's kind of their biggest flaw right now is finding those, the, the correct comps on other maps when they're not playing against Boston. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree there. 
So we got next week's games coming up. Oh, how we do. What do we got? Uh, we're leading off with another barn burner, Shanghai versus Seoul. And for those who forget what happened last time, Shanghai rolled the dynasty yeah. 3-0. Are we seeing more of that again? Uh, definitely. Especially the way that the Seoul dynasty has been playing. I mean, they might be you know out for blood since they, they dropped those games last week that they shouldn't have dropped. Um, but the Shanghai Dragons are just m- much a much better team right now um, than than the Soul Dynasty. It's kind of is what it is. Fleta exists as long as Fleta exists, you're in trouble. The old saying is, Fleta is the meta. Yep. <laughs> There's a reason why they have Fleta deadlifts. <laughs> Don't be surprised to see this game be up there for one of the quicker ones i guess yeah because that's what we're doing nowadays and now we're just trying to speed run everybody yeah we're just seeing how fast we can 3-0 teams <laughs> and sadly it's uh very common i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i have shanghai winning that one i i would as well uh-oh this is a name we haven't heard in a very long time we're playing those shanghai hunters yeah we know about them but what about this other blue team yeah the London Spitfire? Who? Who? <laughs> it, it's, it's just as uh, pertinent as it was in the beginning of the season <laughs> as it is now. Who? Yeah. I mean, the last time that the Spitfire played, um, they had flashes of greatness. Um, and b- b- and in, in some other moments, I kind of feel like the London Spitfire are going to go right into the hopper of those teams, like the Chinese teams, where they're just going to beat the living hell out of each other one week in, one week in and out. Um, I have the Hunters winning this one, and that's because I feel that the Hunters are going to do what the Hunters do best and throw a curveball at the London Spitfire. And the London Spitfire players are like mainly just contender players with, with, uh, with what two Al players, Krillin and I don't, I always forget the other guy's name. Highly, highly. There we go. Um, I think that they're too new to to deal with the Chengdu shenanigans. Oh, don't do my boy Blister like that. It, Come on now. Yeah. So. I actually will go on the other way. I will say London takes this one, and this is solely off the fact that I do think London is better than their lineup suggests. I think with this kind of meta going on, Echo is still in. I'm excited to see Shui on the Echo. Yeah. Glister on probably McCree, but if Echo's even played, who even knows? J Mac is still remains the issue, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, much like the Boston problem, the main tank needs to be strong, but J Mac does have a history of just feeding. So keep that in mind while watching this game, and and we'll see if Amin just rolls over London. Yeah, you know, it'll definitely be interesting to see. It'll be nice to see you know, London get back into the swing of things. Finally. Probably get some power rankings done next week because we'll be able to see all these teams instead of give you some kind of half-assed power rankings. Uh, the next game, the NYXL versus the Charge. I have NYXL here all the way. They lose to the Charge. I I don't know what life is. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all we can say about this game. This is just the New York's game to lose. Yeah. Charges win conditions pretty much have Nero and Eileen carry again. Yeah. That's about it. Krong and Rio don't do much from a carry standpoint. I think Krong is definitely a strong off tank, mm-hmm. but not nearly to the same carry potential as Hotba. Nah. So that big difference between those two tanks is probably going to be really relevant. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But uh, that's all right, because those games are... Those games are pretty easy to watch. I guess the Sh- the Shangdu London one is pretty tricky to actually gauge who's going to win this one. Mm-hmm. It's now time for some real matchups, oh. and this is when we go back to the states. Here we got the Paris Eternal versus the Gladiators. This is going to be now. Good. This game it should be really good, which means it's going to be a three zero to one. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to blow somebody else out. I have the Paris Eternal winning this. Um, I am just, uh, I don't know. This is kind of a gut pick, um, because I know that the gladiators are really good and I usually put the gladiators, uh, higher on the power rankings than the Paris eternal. Um, but I'm kind of feeling Paris. They played really well against Philly. They played well against their depth. Um, I just, it's, it's hard for me as a Fusion fan to not think that Paris is a really good team, just probably mainly because they're just a thorn in the side, like that Atlanta Thrashers argument I brought up last week. The Paris Eternal could be horrible, for all I know, but they always give the Fusion, uh, and I don't think they're horrible, but they always give the Fusion a hard time. So I am, I'm putting my, uh, my chips in, um, all in on the Paris Eternal. You heard it here first. Chipsa is going to Chipsa. play for the Paris Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you mean. You want the team that keeps bringing the map five to be good yeah. and not just that there's some random like voodoo magic going on. Yeah. I think this game pretty much comes down to if Nico doesn't fall over the wrong side of the roof, <laughs> much like the Philly game. Yeah, the worst mistake uh, of his career is he uh, said on Twitter. S- yeah, oh. so far at least. Dorian Nico, there's still more Overwatch to play, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but this this game should go to Math Five. Yeah. I my my gut says Gladiators. I just like the, the new look Gladiators. They just look really really strong right now, and I, as though Paris looks really good, they have shown to obviously not be able to have that closing potential just yet. Mm-hmm. They got rolled by the mayhem, and they couldn't fi- finish out that map against. Uh, rather that match against Philly. Yeah. So I'm going to go over to the Shield boys. There you go. It should be good. 3-2. Uh, I would yeah. almost guarantee. Yeah. But we're going to have some more Shield bro action with the newly revamped Vancouver Titans. <laughs> it's the Justice versus the Titans. The Justice versus we have Man. no idea the Justice versus uh, downloadable content. Yeah. That's really what it is. We have no idea what we're going to get. Yeah. I. And, who do you have in this one? Dude, I don't even know. I, I legitimately do not know. Uh, mostly because if, my, if the rumors are true that a lot of NA contenders teams can beat Justice in Boston, mm-hmm. then it, it makes sense that a ten contenders team signed by Vancouver can beat the Justice today. I don't think that'll happen. I would put money on the Justice to win because they kind of need to, right? They're playing with an extra chip on their shoulder. Yeah. 
who wants to be the first one to lose to this contenders team? You know, wouldn't that be horrible? If it's just like Vancouver Titans versus the Boston Uprising, very first game, and the Titans come in and just poop on them. Like, I, I don't think the Justice or the, the Uprising would have any of that. I see you say that. <laughs> and yeah. then yet there's a world where they absolutely will have it. Yeah. And they'll have some, they'll have it uh, in, in bunches because that's just the way the Uprising season has gone so far. Mm. I picked the Justice for this for the fact that Vancouver's kind of an unknown at this point. And if they do sign people, they're not going to be people that are adjusted to the Overwatch League scene fully. Like you said, like they, they probably could be scrimming these lower tier teams, but they haven't really played any games in the league. So I, I, I have to go with the Justice here because the Vancouver Titans are kind of an unknown at this point. It's weird to say that. It kind of sucks because it's just like... It's just pretty rough. You can't even look at it and say like, oh, okay, well, you know, the Justice, you got these matchups and stuff. No, it's just like, all right, well, second win, maybe, not officially yet, possibly, versus the Justice team. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they play Stratus, too. Sorry, Tuba. They might. They might have to, to, (laughs) and I'll have to bring him back. Yeah. And oh, we have a lot of games on Saturday. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. So there's oh those, my three Chinese games and three NA games. Usually there's like two of one and three of the other. I'm throwing they're, off. They're All right. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say last game of the day on Saturday. No, that's a lie. <laughs> the third game on Saturday for NA. It's the Houston Outlaws. Oh my, let me try that again. Houston Outlaws. <laughs> Houston Coleslaw. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the outlaws, yeah. but like that's not true because they're just better than my team, so I can't even do that. Uh, all right, the outlaws versus the Atlanta Rain. Yeah, I gotta go with the Rain here. I'll also chalk this one up to the Bird guys, the Phoenixes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston comes out strong, but I don't think that their strong kind of compares to Atlanta Rain's like mediocre. I think the Land Rain are just too talented. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Rain are deep. They have a really deep bench. Yeah. And I would be very surprised to see them crumble under a uh, appearing, or a, at least a alleged weaker team than, like Houston. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, man, and at 9 o'clock, i got to wait this late. All right. You well, gotta get your your anxiety oh going boy. from the second you wake up until probably around nine thirty. <laughs> oh boy. Well, eight cups of coffee later, I get to watch the Valiant versus the Boston Uprising, uh, and I believe the winner of this one gets to keep the colors blue and blue and yellow. I believe that is the understanding. Uh, <laughs> it's the trail uh, they're doing. Like a bet. Yeah, it's, it's 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 the the newcomers, the Valiant. They're coming in. They're like, no, we want blue. And the Boston Uprising, like, what are you talking about? We've had this color for years. <laughs> but uh, I would I would put money on the Valiant absolutely rolling, uh, my poor boys. Yeah, especially after the game last week against the uh, against the rain. Um, you have to be fielding some pretty, pretty damn good talent to beat a team like the Atlanta Rain. Um, and I don't think the Boston Uprising have it. I swear, they really need to take advantage of these new free agents. Like, Fusions has not been looking great, and Brisson is just kind of there. 
Yeah, I think there just needs more time to develop, I, mostly with Brusson. Mm-hmm. I, I think Fusion's kind of had his shot, and I think he's really just kind of a Ryan uh, one-trick at this point. <laughs> I have been quoted, and I believe on this podcast as well, been recorded saying Fusion's Winston is pretty strong. Uh, that has since changed, in my opinion, <laughs> seeing him play some Winston. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. It happens. We all have our own, you know, our best characters. It just happens that Reinhardt is somehow perennially banned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do, what can you do? So. Do you think if Mufin wasn't a creep and that stuff didn't happen and he was being played over Brucin right now, do you think that they would be in a better spot or do you think they'd kind of still be in the, the crap? So it's really hard to say where Boston would be mm-hmm. without the eight other players that were on the team to start the season. And in case you're kind of wondering where Boston's at, the the starting lineup for them, I believe it was after this week, this was the the first time this year where they've had the same starting lineup for three weeks in a row. Yeah. So, like, even starting from the game, game one, we had Chex, Munchkin, Axiom, Fusions, Swimmer, Myongbon. Wow, half of those names you have no idea they were still on, they were on the team at one point because mm-hmm. the season's been so long. Uh, the follow-up match was the Houston game where we saw Chex, Jerry, Axiom, Mufin, Swimmer, Myungbon. Again, we don't see a couple other players in there. And then we then Axiom has to go home, and then Munchkin decides to retire. And then we got uh, was it Jerry, Chex, Fusions, Mufin, Swimmer, Myungbon. And actually, I think it might be even at this point, Halo stepped in yeah. for Swimmer. Halo got like and signed, that... and then Swimmer just immediately went to the bench, which is unfortunate. And it's like, all right, I guess random more people. And then it was, then Mufin gets the can. So now we got Chex, Jerry, Fusions, Brucin, Halo, Myungbon. And then Swimmer leaves. And it's like, ooh, how, where, <laughs> where did they go? Where did our team go? You know? So. It is it is tough to say if if he alone would have changed the trajectory right now at Boston. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think the main key was Boston really put all their cards into Axiom playing main tank for the majority of the season. It's kind of why they uh, picked up Jerry, why they picked up Youngbon. Uh, they believed that they had a uh, like a bilingual shot caller, mm-hmm. essentially, on in Axiom. Yeah, and then where he would be able to kind of help. Jerry and Myeongbong uh, ease into more of an English shot calling mm-hmm. strategy where Axiom would be able to do both. But due to injury, he had to leave and Fusion stops in and Fusions is a much different shot caller. Uh, he's way louder, obviously all English. Uh, talks way faster. This is just, just, just listening to streams, honestly. Mm-hmm. And if you're not used to that, it, it can be a really jarring experience for the, back, the rest of the mm-hmm. team. And I realized I talked for very long, so I will move on to the next game. Unless you have any last no, bits, no. <laughs> I lit the fire. <laughs> I, look, I I gotta just start doing a side show on like just Boston, mm. <laughs> or like appear more on the weekly uprising podcast because I can go on for days about this team. It's probably bad. Yeah, but re- refocus before my headache comes back. <laughs> uh, we're we're back over. We're back over the Pacific region, uh, bright and early, 4 a.m. We got the Spark versus Shanghai, uh, Shanghai 3-0. Yeah, easy. I also noticed <laughs> that this day doesn't have three games in each region. There's actually two in the Asian region. 
And that's okay, because we're trying to get the Spitfire caught up. Yeah, yeah. we got to get these teams in here that haven't played in a while, the Spitfire and the Titans, kind of come back up, especially because of the tournament coming. Uh, following the 4 a.m. match, we got the 6 a.m. match, London versus Guangzhou. Yeah, you have that. London winning? I have London that's winning. Gonna... Uh, that was a gut pick again. Uh-uh. Man, your, your gut is bold. Yeah. It's bulging because of COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me oh my goodness i wasn't ready there was kind of a gut pick i i I was just like because you don't know what the heck the charge are gonna do you don't know what the heck the chengdu hunters are gonna do i I picked the chengdu hunters my luck freaking london spitfire is gonna like 3-0 them like in 10 minutes (laughs) this is also true yeah it's just like you see guangzhou charge hangzhou spark chengdu hunters and you just roll the dice I I would lean towards the charge here. Yeah, I think they are a little bit better than a Spitfire, mm. despite like I said, I like the Spitfire a lot. Yeah, I do think the Charger a little stronger, so I can see them. I can see them winning like three one. Mm-hmm. But that's all we got for the Pacific games. We're right sprinting right back over across the ocean. Yes. It, it's the Fuel versus the Fusion, and uh, I see a little red check mark next to you boys, and I would agree. I, I do think Fusion take this one. Yeah, I think that this is this is going to be a pretty um, this isn't going to be the first test for the Fuel because they're in the same division as the Shock, but um, the Fuel do have a hill to climb, but um, I can see them giving the Fusion a little bit of a hard time. Um, I can't see them beating the Fusion, but I can definitely see them hanging there. It's I don't think it's going to be a 3-0. I'd see a 3-1. Um, with Philly, it's probably going to be Game 5, because why not? Uh, because you got it. Because you just have to. It's just their MO. <laughs> but yeah, I have the Fusion winning this one. I will say the Dakar... Oh my goodness. <laughs> the Decay-Carpe battle <laughs> is going to be legendary. I'm excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Assuming he plays. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess Reaper kind of got the boot, so he sees kind of SOL. He's kind of like their Reaper. Unlucky. Yeah. No, it is unlucky having to play San Francisco ever. Yep. And uh, poor Toronto gets the uh, the short straw this week. They play San Francisco at five. Yeah. Gotta get the shock. That one's uh yeah, that one's gonna be a shock yeah. roll. Yeah, I'd love to see the defiant upset him, but I I cannot see that. Bald Agilities, I don't think, has enough power to beat the Shock. I just love his tweet. He's like, I messed up. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. <laughs> it's like all it says. I'm, just like, oh I'm my sorry, gosh. Brady, but you did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Shock all the way there, definitely. I would agree. And, finally, last and certainly not least, it's those South Florida boys versus the Vancouver Titans. The Florida men. Florida man himself. Uh, I would, d- despite who the Titans pick, this is going to be a mayhem win. Yeah. They look so good right now. They really do. They have made a resurgence and a half, the mayhem. They are looking mighty fine. I, I think the, the investment into Gargoyle and uh, Karayan, huge. Yes. It, it is just, they, they have absolutely come to their own. Uh, Yaki and Ganamjin look insane as well yeah. uh, finally Gangnam Jim has uh, kind of, of elevated to what people thought he was going to be like in the beginning of the mm-hmm. season and uh, BQB has really stepped up this entirety of the season I, I think 
Uh, I, I mean, I personally was pretty locked in a side player playing for the entirety of the season, but BQB has done an amazing job of filling in that role of a way more versatile threat than uh, Saya Widow one trick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually in the same boat, and I went to the Fusion homestand. They played BQB the whole time, or they might have played Saya once. I can't. I can't remember. They played Saya on one, one map. map. They played Saya on Havana. Okay. They usually play him when he can play Widow. Like <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, BQB looks great. Yaki is a freaking mess on May. Like, oh man. He's 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 scary. I like to see the uh, Mayhem play the fusion right now. The way the Mayhem are playing. It'd probably be a good match. That would be a good one. Mm-hmm. I would I would enjoy that match a lot. Yeah. Uh lot so a lot of matches coming up. Again, finally get to see London Spitfire. We finally get to see whoever the hell the Vancouver Titans are. <laughs> um should be interesting. Um, I only had one thing for overthoughts. Um, this, like I said, this was announced a little bit ago. Um, I, I can't even put my finger on when it was announced. It was, I think, it was over the weekend on Sunday, or maybe it was the end of last week. Maybe it was Monday. Yeah, it, it was. I, uh, oh, it might have been Monday then. Yeah, I think it was Monday because they announced the the hero pools on Sunday, obviously uh-huh. after the matches, and then Monday they were like, "Hey, you know what? JK boys, JK. it's just for certain people." Yeah. Yeah, so the hero pools now are going to go back to where they were, how they were determined by Overwatch, uh, the Overwatch League play. Um, and the hero pools will only impact Overwatch League, Masters, and Grandmasters. So that means if you're scrubs like Brock and I, we don't <laughs> worry about hero bans. What do you think? We're safe. Of that. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see, or rather interested in how people's perception of hero bands has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not wrong, or not mistaken, we wanted a ban system in place, right? Mm-hmm. So we were like, alright, we want to be able to ban heroes. Cool, sounds good. But that's not enough to truly ban, pick and ban phase. So how about we just make a hero pool and we'll just like ban certain heroes every, like every week or so. Cool, that's okay, we, we enjoy this. But now... I'm seeing a lot of people do the opposite. They're like, why did we do this in the first place? This is awful. This is Why wasn't it like just to start? So I don't really know the player community engage, like actual kind of groupthink on hero pools right now, but I am happy that it's just GM and up, or it might be Matt. Is it GM I think up? it's Masters it's and up. Masters and up? I believe. That's, that's totally fine. That's honestly very reasonable, and I kind of hope, it stays like this for quite a while because this allows our players to play with practice in solo queue. Uh, it doesn't hurt my bronze friends for, you know, it, when they are a Ryan one trick like myself, you don't have to now somehow play ball or just don't play overwatch for a week, you know? So I think this is really good. I think it probably should have been like this to start. I, I, I think the, the really dumb thing was trying to add competitive, uh, data to the hero ban algorithm. I think that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But so they are fixing it, and more importantly, they're ready to fix it, and they're actively trying new things to make to see what works and see what people mm-hmm. like. And I'm confirming on the fly, it is master thirty five hundred SR and above in on ladder will will experience that. Uh, this week though, you won't have to worry about that because they just kind of got rid of the bands on ladders, so they can work on getting a patch out that will allow the 
uh, hero bands to work in Master and Grandmaster. They're kind of like, we're going to make this change, but you have to give us a little bit, so we're just going to take it away from the latter. Um, which is, I think, a good idea there. So right now, if you log on to your Masters and Grandmasters, you probably already know this, but you're you might not if you decided to quit the game from playing or quit playing the game because of these um, these hero pools. But um, for this week, you don't have bands. Oh man, we're free. Yes, we're free. Chains have been broken. I'm just stuck in plat chat. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, you have any other overthoughts? We had the conclusion of Fran's Overwatch Community oh, Cup. Yes, you know I reported on this and I. I didn't catch it like a idiot. Unbelievable. Probably should have here first. Uh, Maradon does not support tier two. <laughs> uh, please canceled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really cool though. Uh, the uh, production value was incredibly high for something like this. There was so much effort into it. Uh, the casters did great. We saw a swimmer cast which was completely new. We saw Samito do a little casting. So it was a really good experience for a lot of teams that may not have done, you know, open division or they may not have gotten through open division. We see a lot of people just dipping their toe into casting. It was overall, I think, a wild success. Mm. Wasn't uh, we even had... Leg Day and Lemon Kiwi, weren't they also doing some as well? Yes, they were. And, uh, um... oh, my goodness, there was one, one more... Uh, known caster that was casting with swimmer and my my brain is uh it's, it's losing steam right now so i can't quite think of his name <laughs> but overall it was very much a net positive for the community as a whole and it shows that a lot of people are very much into just trying to compete in overwatch in the highest level people want these tournaments you know like like Blizzard, please just listen to the people. Yeah. The, the, like smaller tournaments like this, like the Echo tournament, it, it, it produces such great results. And maybe the views weren't right there, but for France, it averaged around 40, like I think it was like a 4,200. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, not 42. Yeah, yeah, 4,200, like 4,200 viewers or so. At, like as an average, that's so good for something that was made on a random Monday, mm-hmm. you know? So. Definitely uh, a, a huge success from that standpoint. And we got to see Team Doge take it all, uh, formerly Envy. So maybe that was a little bit, you know, unlucky to face <laughs> a former yeah. Academy team. Yeah, it, it's nice to see some some attention paid to, to Tier 2 because unfortunately Blizzard doesn't do a great job at that. Um, and, and I think that's why you do see a lot of uh, tier two teams kind of dropping by the wayside and players from tier two teams jumping over, over to other games like Valorant. Um, so this is definitely something that's like positive for the community. Um, and it was led by Fran, who is a pretty uh, well-known content creator. Uh, I believe she, yeah, she is a content creator for the atlanta rain and also uh the champion on uh the echo tournament she played on the team that won the championship so that's pretty cool they teamed up with monkey bubble apparently they they have done uh in my research on my my article that i put out monkey bubble actually did a lot of work with uh 
getting things set up with a bunch of different tournaments. They actually worked with the Echo tournament, and they've also done some like little like tier two, tier three tournaments that you know they've helped organize. So pretty cool uh, group there. Yeah, Michael Bubble does a, uh, a lot of great stuff, and uh, overall thankful for a group of, of people that are able to help community tournaments really get through. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I believe that's all I got for Overthoughts. I can't think of anything else super exciting. Um, that's about it. No, I mean, that's all I got. That's all I have, yeah. It sounds like that's all we got, so... Here's our favorite time of day. It's that social plug section. We're in the outro here. Maradon, plug your favorite social. And I think you got a new one. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm always doing something goofy. Um, so you can find me at Maradon Gaming um, on Twitter. Um, so I started streaming again. Um, and I was telling I was telling Brock um, before, I know, I know before last week's podcast, I was telling him that I've actually gotten into racing games again which I've kind of enjoyed throughout growing up, but never really got too, too into them. Well, I started getting really into them lately, um, and I actually rebranded my Mid-Atlantic Gaming Twitch page um, that you've heard me plug, you know, episodes back. Um, and I rebranded that to uh, twitch.tv slash go Rocco go. I actually kind of dropped with Mixer because it just, uh, it was nice while it lasted, but it doesn't have much of a community, which is unfortunate. Um, so that's twitch.tv slash go Rocco go it's G-O-R-O-C-C-O-G-O and uh, of course I'll put that in the description um, yeah check it out follow it follow me on Twitter nice listen to some fusion ranting and me getting pissed off at game fives and you could also find me at the game house too writing for the Philadelphia Fusion so go check that out as well wonderful you know I will you can find myself at Esports Brock on Twitter, on the Game House alongside Maradon, writing for the Boston Uprising, a little bit of Valorant stuff as well, trying to keep my uh, my brain sharp, trying to keep up with the local ins and outs of esports. You can find this lovely podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and this is all brought to you in part by, I guess, the help of the Geekscape Network. Uh, you can find them at uh, geekscape.net. Find your next nerdy podcast on Geekscape. And Max Brown, thank you so much for the world's best intro music. Uh, we can't thank you enough. And if you do want to thank him more, head over to the SoundCloud. Give him a, a like-see or a follow. And that will be down in the description below. And I want to thank you, the viewer, the listener, I guess, because <laughs> you're not really watching your phone during a podcast. <laughs> but you could be. And if so, I, I admire your dedication to watching the track bar go to an hour and ten minutes or so. <laughs> but thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day, night, evening, weekend, week. And here's to finding out the who the heck the Vancouver Titans yes. are. See you.